1973, there was one player in particular, Daryl K. Royal, head coach of the University of Texas Longhorns, wanted to recruit. A burly running back out of Tyler named Earl Campbell. But Royal's Longhorns had been one of the last in the nation to integrate, and so facing challenges landing top African-American high school football players, he enlisted a team of recruiters. Led by Ken Dabbs, they set out to convince Campbell, the state's top running back, that the University of Texas was where he needed to be. After catching one of Campbell's early games that season, Dabbs thought, that's the most dominating running back I've ever seen. Campbell was fast becoming the most hotly recruited football player in the nation, and Royal had told Dabbs to do whatever it took to get Campbell to commit to Austin. Campbell had been offered bribes, inducements, they were called at the time. Players were known to be offered a brand new shotgun stuffed with $100 bills, a suede coat, a car, or a job. But Earl Campbell had rejected them. When Dabbs first approached the door to the dilapidated Campbell property, the famed football coaches Bill Yeoman of the University of Houston and Barry Switzer of Oklahoma had just emerged from the Campbell house. Dabbs had been entrusted with one real task by Royal, and it appeared unlikely that he would be able to pull it off. Earl's mother, Ann Campbell, inundated with recruiters, asked Dabbs how she could remember him. He told her about a hairstyling cream advertisement with the catchphrase, A little dabble do ya. Dabbs made a quick connection with the family. Even today, he can quickly name all ten of Earl Campbell's siblings in birth order. Even as Dabbs got close to the Campbell family, a kind of secondary recruiting effort developed as universities interested in Earl deployed African-American coaches to mine whatever connections they might have. Royal summoned Bill Lyons, a 25-year-old African-American former University of Texas basketball player and a native of Tyler who had shown himself adept at straddling two very different worlds, cultivating powerful patrons and calling on his ties in African-American communities to convince ambivalent young black men to attend University of Texas at Austin. But ultimately it was Daryl Royal who was the closer, like the queen played from the back row late in a chess match. And so a couple of days after Texas beat Nebraska on New Year's Day in 1974, Dabbs and Royal set out from Dallas and froze an I-20. It would be the head coach's first meeting with the coveted recruit, and the pair hoped it would clinch the deal as it had for countless other young men, most of them white, around Texas. This time, with Royal on hand, something felt awkward. Given UT's history of segregation, the 1969 Longhorns had been the last all-white team to win the national championship. In a recent newspaper series about alienated black Longhorn athletes, Dabbs had a sense of what was wrong. The coach told Earl and his mother that he wasn't going to talk about what other people had said about him, but that he would tell them anything they wanted to know about his own thoughts and feelings about the University of Texas. Earl Campbell told him that his dream was to be able to buy a new house for his mother someday, and Royal told him and Ann Campbell about his own mother's early death, how his grandmother looked after him in Oklahoma as a teenager, and how he always regretted that she died before he was able to help her. Royal then addressed the bribes that he suspected were being offered to Campbell. The seedy recruiting hijinks of his competitors wearied Royal. He claimed to run a clean program. Now it was Campbell's opportunity to show his faithfulness to the civil rights struggle, and he framed it in a strikingly self-aware way. Coach, he told Royal, offering a similar line to the one with which he had rejected bribes. My people were bought and sold when they didn't have a choice. Nobody is going to buy Earl. In March 1974, on signing day, a few months later, 
Dabs and Royal returned to Tyler. After a morning coffee, they headed over to the Campbell place. There, Earl Campbell could be found, quiet and calm, on the family's sole couch, the lion in repose. Here was a great man, it seemed, judging by all the people pressed into the house, and yet he was only eighteen. Campbell said he mostly couldn't wait to put his shoulder pads on again to prove to the University of Texas that he was worthy of their commitment. The Reverend J. H. Williams of the Hopewell Valley Baptist Church No. 1 made an invocation. Royal handed Campbell his pen, and Earl cracked a small grin and raised his hand to flash the hook'em horn sign, an index finger and pinky raised upward. He was a little afraid of leaving home, and especially of leaving his mother. A few months later, in July, with Earl Campbell delivered, Royal arranged for Bill Lyons to be hired full-time as an assistant athletic director, even as he was finishing up at the University of Texas Law School. UT paid Lyons $25,000, more than the school's head baseball coach earned. A jotted note by one of UT's public relations specialists reveals one of Lyons's mantras that proved helpful as he faced pushback from black families. He was called an Uncle Tom, he said, for working for the university. When people ask him about black and white, reads the note, tell them the only color that matters is orange.